honestly, I was just working my way up to death. I thought about killing myself every day. I was using all the time, and I, that's not a sustainable lifestyle. My brother shot himself because of drugs. When you are using technology to lure children for sexual purposes, there's a couple of problems that concern me. But I remember feeling kind of relieved after hurting myself. Do you have any idea how much you were worth? I like to say it this way, great people are really built in the furnace of affliction. Our teens are navigating a world of information anarchy and increased stress and pressure. Drugs are glorified more than ever before and there seems to be a suicide option that didn't exist prior. As adults, we are responsible to provide the help at-risk teens need. Have teens changed or is it just the world they live in that's different? Is this why so many teens are traumatized or triggered? My name is Aaron Huey and in 2009, I opened a home for these teens with the hopes of giving them a second chance at creating the life we all know they deserve. Now I want to give parents the information that contributed to our success and to support them in navigating the at-risk world. These are the stories told by the teens and the techniques used by experts to help them. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. So Barry and I have been talking for a little bit, and it turns out, um, if he doesn't mind the term, he's an archetypal geek just like me. We've been talking Jungian psychology. Uh, we've been talking symbolism. We've been talking archetypes. We've been talking the elder myth. Uh, so we're gonna, I'm going to tell you right out of the gate, we're going to have Barry on Beyond Risk and Back again, talking about some of the stuff. We, he studied with Robert Bly. He studied with Michael Mead at the Jungian Institute. These are all... I've studied with Michael Mead. I'm a huge Robert Bly fan. So we've got a lot to talk about. But you're speaking here at the Winter Symposium Conference uh, about... A trauma-informed care approach to treating and healing addictions. Okay. So and that is we are a trauma-informed facility. And what I want parents to understand, Barry, is um, why when they have a young kid or even a 20-something-year-old kid who's getting ready to go into treatment, why is it important that uh, a trauma approach, why is that important? Why is that something that we should be looking for? Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because that's where the problem starts. And many people uh, in our society, I call it trauma phobia. They're afraid to look at their childhood uh, experiences. And the research is very clear that that so any childhood experience, any adverse childhood experience you had, you carry with you into adulthood. And, and it affects your adult life and affects your health, your physical health, your mental health. And people just don't understand that. And that when they start to connect the dots, it takes away a lot of the shame and blame that they carry around. They think there's something wrong with it. And it basically is just the fact that they had adverse experiences and, and they have to now uh, deal with that fact as an adult. You, so you're using the term adverse experiences, and I think I think what gets tough for parents is that they can they say to us very straight faced, completely convinced, uh, my kid didn't have any trauma, and uh, they I understand, but I want I want the parents to hear from a PhD. What are you talking about when you're talking about adverse experience? How far does this go? Are we talking about assault, abandonment? Are we talking about something much less than that? Does everybody have trauma? Everybody does have trauma. Uh, what they've done with that and how many 
resiliency factors were present in their childhood determines how much long-term effect that trauma has in their life. I mean, many people have trauma, but they have an, uh, an extended family of support. They have a community, a church, whatever it is that, that helps them kind of overcome some of that. So not everybody carries that unhealed into adulthood, but many people do. And so basically when I work with people, instead of saying, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you here? I start with, well, what happened to you as a child or didn't happen to you as a child that's causing some of the problems you have? because we find that most of the trauma, and we call it developmental trauma, because it happened in the early development of the child in the first three years. And that's where we focus most of our attention. And then they get, the, whatever didn't get finished in that first three years gets recapitulated and brought up again in adolescence. And so adolescents of 12, 13, 14, 15 are replaying whatever they didn't get finished at zero, one, two, or three. And then if they don't finish it there, then they have to carry it into adulthood. But there are many opportunities in adulthood. Transitions are always a good time for these things to show up and, and have an opportunity to heal. So the question that's gonna come up, and I know because I've worked with so many parents over the year, hundreds and hundreds of parents, is that if a child's going to be working with you, if a young adult's gonna be working with you, is this gonna be a therapeutic process where you begin by saying, tell me about your mother, and then it just goes into a blame game. And that's what I know a lot of parents are afraid of is being blamed for the choices, and I'm using air quotes when I say choices, because you and I both know we can only do the best with what we have to work with, and we can only do our best in each moment, but Parents don't want to be blamed for the bad choices their kids have made. They got, parent, mom and dad got a divorce because it was a toxic, horrendous relationship, and now it's traumatized the child, and mom doesn't want to be blamed for that. So what are you talking about when you say we're going to go back into the past and find out what happened? Well, I don't let clients get away with that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I, don't, I don't let clients get away with that. I tell them <laughs> either, either you're going to blame your parents or you're going to grow up. You have a choice. Nice. And, and so we don't, we don't even go there with, with people. Uh, with blaming. With blaming. Okay. And it, it's just, it's, just a, uh, it's, a, it's not a productive way to help people. Are you also talking about family lineage trauma, like stuff oh, yeah. that's been passed down? It's called epigenetic trauma. Epigenetic. And uh, what they now know from the research is that the genetic influences, the genetic snips, as they call them, carry for back through 14 generations. So you can be affected by something that happened 14, 14 generations. generations. Holy moly. Before you. And so in, in many ways, it, it, it kind of says, well, it, it didn't begin with you. So why get too uptight about it? It's not just you, your whole family is involved here. How does it pass down? How is it that something, look, look, and I want to talk about something as recent and horrendous and world impacting as the Holocaust. Right. Yesterday was National Holocaust Remembrance Day. Right. So how is it that something that grandmother and now great grandmother dealt with is now this this eight-year-old is walking around how does it pass down is well it my wife uh, uh has a, a good example of this uh she's scottish she has scottish background and and so when the when the scots uh, in, uh, uh had their famine yes yeah she then traced it through genealogy traced back 
to where all of her ancestors came from. And she saw that, as she saw pictures of more recently of her grandfathers and great grandfathers and such, that they were all obese. And, and so it certainly dawned on her, obviously, if you have in your ancestry uh, a generation that had to live on shoe leather uh, and were, were starving to death, that would bring in the subsequent generations a need to overeat. Okay, so let me ask, is that a neurological thing that gets passed or an yeah. environmental thing? It's, it's both. Okay. So let's explain to parents with your words uh, what we mean by neurological, how that gets passed down neurologically and then environmentally. Well, neurologically, the genes carry all that information. So there is a, a, a genetic uh, connection with all of your ancestors. Like a predisposition. Yeah. Okay. And, and so the environment then determines which of those genes get activated. Not all the genes that you carry get activated. Only a, actually a small fraction. They, they say maybe as little as 3% of our genes ever get activated. Wow. And, and then the other thing that is important to know is genes are mutable. They change. They can change with environmental uh, uh, effects. There was this great uh, movie on CNN on Sunday night about three uh, brothers, triplets, that were separated at birth. Right, right, right. And uh, they were really... Identical active. strangers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and they all uh, had the same genetic background but they lived they actually placed them deliberately in three different environments a, a, a doctor's son a middle class and a poor kind of uh, working class person and the differences that showed up were amazing even though there were simil many similarities genetic but the differences that showed up as a result of the environment they were placed in was uh, was stunning okay so let me try to layman this out you have an ancestor who went through the famine in Scotland. Right. So as a result, because of their starvation, their children have a tendency to overeat because their survival instincts have kicked in and, right. and, and are fearing lack. And this is one thing that's important. The brain is always wired for survival. Right. Of course. Of course. So, so the children don't want to starve. They might even remember some suffering as a child. Right. So they get older, they overeat. Right. And so, A, environmentally... Um, we have children watching parents eat a lot and they're following modeling. That's right. Okay. So that's the environmental part. Genetically, these children are growing up and they're obese because they've been overeating. Right. So now their children have a predisposition right. gene uh, 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 genetically for carrying and holding on to weight. Right. And producing uh, perhaps more stress hormones. I mean, my wife uh, had to have a very strict diet. She cannot cheat at all. Okay. She pays for it because of that genetic uh, snip, as she calls it. Uh, but she she now has has her weight under control very nicely. Is your wife going to hurt you for talking about this? No, no. not at all. <laughs> that's, she, that's, she talks about it often herself. <laughs> She's a therapist also. Oh, fantastic. Well, what's her name? Janae. Janae, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> okay. So so now let's, let's come back to, to trauma-informed because... Uh, even genetically, we're, we're finding out that great-grandmother uh, was in the Holocaust or grandfather uh, has PTSD from World War II. Right. And so now we've got kids that have had their own experience. Mom and dad have gotten divorced. Um, 
they've got some uh, uh, genetics being passed down. There's a, I'm sorry, what was the word for the genealogy trauma that you use? Epigenetic. Uh, epigenetic trauma. So now a kid comes into the facility, he's been smoking too much pot, he's smoking pot every day when he's not smoking pot, he's really depressed. And you're saying we treat it as trauma. We, we walk, we turn from the addictive standpoint and we look towards trauma. Right. How does that help? Well, it, it helps in a number of ways to start with. First of all, a lot of people who are into uh, you know, drugs or any kind of addictions uh, carry around a lot of shame. They think there's really something wrong with them. And helping them understand and connect the dots that this is just something that happened to you as a child and you're carrying the memory of it takes away a lot of that shame. Right. And that's an important first step for a lot of people to, to, for recovery because you know, actually, throughout our, our history of treating addictions, has not been very good. We've tended to look at people with addictions as sort of bad people or not very, uh, their character was sure. always in question. Sure, There's something sure. wrong with them. So that kind of is part of the environmental factor that, that you have to deal with when you're dealing with addictions because people grow up, if they have addictions, they also think there's something wrong with them. And so to help them over that hump is the first step that's important for healing and recovery. Understanding that there's some, something happened to you. Something or didn't happen. Or didn't happen to you. Well, and that makes a lot of sense because when you, when a, I, I was just speaking in a, in a school and I was talking to the kids about how we learn self-concept. Right. From zero to five, it's right. about what our parents say. Right. From five to 12, it's about what teachers say. And then it becomes the peers. And we look at our parents and we say, I'm gonna be me by not being you. And, and it moves on from there. And somewhere around 25 for girls and 40 for boys, we go, you know what? I am who I say I am. I decide my self-worth. But that piece that you just said, and I really want parents to hear this. It's not just about what you say. It's also about what you didn't say. It's not just about who is in your kid's life. It's about who wasn't in your kid's right. life. It's not just the excess of uh, violent energy or something like that that creates trauma. Right. Right. It can be the absence of intimate connection mm -hmm. that creates trauma. Right. Okay. So let me tell you one, one thing I do with clients that uh, would be good for parents to understand. Perfect. I've done this with my own kids. Okay. Uh, I asked them to, to put together two lists. The first list is all the things that you wish you had gotten from your parents that you didn't get, wow. that you now see as an adult would have helped you along the way a little more. And they make that list. And the second list is the things that you got that you didn't really need and actually probably did you some harm, that you didn't really find that useful in your life anymore. And so when they get those two lists, then I start to work with them. And the first list is, okay, these are things you didn't get. You can still get them. You don't have to wow. blame your parents for them. You can start to be proactive Holy in your life. And, and What a novel thought, and how simple is that? It's you so can simple. still get it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so then we teach them about, okay, where are people that could give you what you didn't get, and how can you, how can you ask for that in a direct way that you get it? Right. And I tell clients, they ask me sometimes, well, how will I know I'm done, you know? And I say, when you can ask for what you want from people in such a way that they're delighted to give it to you, you're done. Nice. So the second list, then, uh, I talk about forgiveness. And 
I use that term forgive in a in a unique way because if you if you take the word forgive and you break it down, it means to give back. To get yes. To forgive. And so I say your job now is to look at the things you've got and you don't need anymore and give them back. Where'd they come from? Give them back to them. Even if you have to use a gestalt process and put the parrot on a chair on and a give chair. it back to them or <laughs> write a list of on a piece of paper and right. burn it or whatever you need to do, but you're gonna you're gonna get yourself, you're gonna rid yourself of those things because you don't need them. Right, right. It's very simple. There is just looking. I wanted to make sure I had your books close by because I know you gotta go to a book signing in about three minutes. Right. So this listening is it okay if my facility plagiarizes that that technique right there? Absolutely. That's phenomenal. That is that that is such a simple thing. I wanna I wanna say very quickly. You have reminded me of something that my daughter and I discovered together. And we we laughed about it, but now I'm recognizing it at a deeper level. I'm about coming up on 22 years sober here. And my, thank you very much. And my, I'm, I'm 61 years. 61. Thanks for being a mentor for me then. Thanks for showing me the path. So my my drink of choice was always vodka. I, I vodka with anything. I could I could drink it like water. My daughter, who who is is uh, is able to stay very regulated with with having a glass of wine and stuff like that, but potatoes are something that she utterly loves day in and day out. And I'm also partially adopted. I have a great dad who gave me everything on that list that that I could ever want it, but he's not my bio father, who I never met. Ah, that's an interesting dynamic. And and my bio father, completely absent, abusive to all my other brothers and sister, who I finally just met. Wow. Guess what their drink of choice was? Vodka. Guess what their favorite food is? Potatoes. <laughs> Guess their lineage? They're Irish. Irish, yes. <laughs> and so and so I was so completely removed from them. I had never met any of them until I was in my 40s. But to find out that we liked the same drink that we and that we all had Irish lineage in right. us, and that it, my daughter still carries it. I'm Scotch Irish. You're Scotch Irish. So, so you're a Mac Mick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, and I just got all my DNA done, all of it. Oh, good. I am as German as they come. Right. Every, everything. And everything. then, and then found out I'm fifty percent Jewish. Uh, oh, wow. But but Akanashi, so Akanashi. from so from that area. So anyway, the point being is that that's that's what you mean by the genetics that right. gets passed on. I've never met them. I was not influenced by them. I was affected by the absence of them. Right. The trauma took place from the absence. But inside my body, I had that same programming that has been passed on from father to son, from father to son. And and there is a book called It Did Begin with Me, about epigenetics that you can. I don't I don't remember the author, but okay, it didn't begin with me. Okay, which book are you signing over there? Uh, I have about six books over. Oh, books do you? Over. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which one would you like parents to look at first, and how can they find you? Well, I have a book uh, called Freaked Out that's all about developmental trauma. It's written for the layperson, not for the professional. Good. We all need those. And the, the subtitle is about how, how it can disrupt your life and relationships if you don't understand the effect of developmental trauma. And it's on Amazon, or how do yes, they get it? It's okay. On so, Freaked Out by Dr. Barry Weinhold on Amazon. Right. Check it out. Okay. 
Doctor, we're going to talk again. I, I, I want you. I, will, I would love to talk with you further. Yes. Most definitely. We've got a lot in common. To talk we about. we certainly do, and I'm looking at your ring that you have, and that makes me all all the more interested in all the symbology right, and everything yes. that you this carry is, being. You, you know what that symbol of? Well, depending on how I look at it, I, I see a pyramid. I don't recognize which stone that is, it's a, but it is also the triangle inside the circle, which is the sign of the 12 step. Uh, the, it's the, the symbol of sobriety. The sobriety rooms, that's right. The circle within the triangle, which we have on the mat of our floor in the main room of our facility. Great. So, uh, Barry, thank you so much for this. I'm, I apologize that the internet wasn't working and we had less time. We will create more. This was a phenomenal interview and we, we got more to say to families. Good, good beginning. Yes, very good. Dr. Barry Weinhold, thank you so very much. Freaked Out, available on Amazon. W-E-I-N-H-O-L-D, Barry Weinhold, PhD. Thank you very much. Parents, remember, take care of yourself first. You take care of your adult relationship second. You take care of your children third, because in that way and only in that way are we doing our best for our children. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Barry Weinhold, and check out his book, uh, Freaked Out. He gave me a couple other ones I know we're going to talk about later. Uh, thanks for joining me on Beyond Risk and Back. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Join us each week for your connection to experts in adolescent health and wellness, recovery, and responsibility, and also to listen to teens talk about their lives in crisis. For more information on our program for struggling teens or me, please go to firemountainprograms.com, join us on Facebook at Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center, or at Beyond Risk and Back. Visit our YouTube channel at Fire Mountain RTC for even more support with our parent training videos. Special thanks to Mental Health News Radio for their continued love and support of our program. Please go to mentalhealthnewsradio.com to see all of their podcasts. Feel free to email me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com. <laughs>